Welcome, Sacred Disruptor, to the Sovereign Society podcast. I'm your guide, Sabrina Riccio, modern medicine priestess, golden age business mentor, and marketing muse for spiritual entrepreneurs. In this sacred temple, we explore what it means to embark on your spiritual journey towards sovereign embodiment, multidimensional leadership, and social justice while honoring a business of integrity. Gathered here are some of the world's leading mentors, healers, and revolutionists alike as they share activating codes of guidance and transmissions of wisdom that will empower you to thrive. As a sovereign leader, you are here, embodied in your truth and on your evolutionary mission to answer the call, move the masses, and activate your legacy for the generations to come. You are here to unleash your medicine. Welcome home. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Sovereign Society podcast. I'm your guide, Sabrina Riccio, and let me just say how grateful I am that you are here. This episode is super special because I have my best friend, Krista Ryerson of Chalice Grove, and now Krista is officially the number one guest who has had the most uh, episodes of the Sovereign Society podcast. I guess that's how you would say it, but... This is the third time Krista's been on. Again, this is my mission partner, my ultimate soul sister. I love Krista so much. This is my best friend. And so you literally got to see or hear what it's like to be in a normal, like a normal conversation, a normal phone call with Krista. (laughs) This is as intimate as it gets. And if you don't know Krista, she is the brain, the beauty, and the medicine woman behind Chalice Grove. And it's just been so absolutely incredible witnessing the evolution of her brand. And I'm just so freaking proud of her. But she's a multidimensional golden age leader and mentor who's really here to teach others how to liberate themselves from the upside down so that they can learn to live passionately, purposefully, and prosperous in the wide awake. So she's the founder and creator of Chalice Grove, which is a health and wellness platform. And she's also a sought out She's a sought after expert in the field of golden age astrology. So Krista has really gotten this beautiful download about golden age astrology and is really helping to clear out the distortions around astrology and conditionings and outdated beliefs and teachings that are in alignment with where we're going, right? So Krista has a background in psychology and astrology and quantum kriya and the mind, body, soul connection. And her wisdom is out here to really sharing is from the various and the numerous initiations that have catapulted her on this path. And so again, I'm really excited for you to tune in. This may be a triggering episode because it's going to have you question things or there may be things you may not resonate. So I just want to say, take what does and release the rest, but all in all, really come in with an open mind and an open heart because I just pretty much, you know, me, I love to talk and I just let Krista talk on this one because this one, she knows her shit. She's been so devoted to really bringing in more education and awareness about how astrology is shifting. And 
she's doing it. I'm just so proud of her. And so in this episode, we talked about Krista's initiation to really unleash golden age astrology, as well as understanding closed systems and how do we reprogram for malicious mind control tactics to really anchor in the true Aquarian age of open systems. We also talked about true Christ consciousness as the restoration of the sacred union and what it means to really honor your heart and your unique role and purpose. We also talked about what codes are and how do we receive them, as well as the wide awake wealth for women beyond money, which was really, really beautiful. We've also talked a lot about the dismantling of distortions in the coaching industry and how we just, how do we start to heal from the sisterhood wound and the conscious decision of investing in your coach and mentor. So again, this is a really jam-packed episode. Right now, she still has doors, oh, the doors are open for her incredible program, Intro to uh, Golden Age Astrology. And she's also doing a lot of her golden age uh, level one astrology right now. And so I would really suggest if you want to learn more about the systems that Krista has downloaded and really implemented, check out the links below or go visit her on Instagram at Chalice Grove and go ahead. And she also has an upcoming Solar Codes Masterclass. So again, all of the links are in the show notes below. So just go ahead and check it out. Listen, tune in. You can also watch this episode on YouTube. And if you are tuning in, take a screenshot and tag us at Chalice Grove, at Sovereign Society Podcast, at Sabrina Riccio. And we would love to hear what nuggets of wisdom, what insight and what medicine really came through that can best support you. So without further ado, let's talk about the higher harmonics of the golden age. Enjoy. Hello, 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 and welcome. I'm really excited because this is the number one guest on my podcast, meaning this is the third conversation I've had with this guest. And she's been on here more than anyone else other than me. My best friend, Krista Ryerson of Chalice Grove is in the house. Thank you for being here. I love you. Mm. The only time I can get a hold of her is if we're doing a podcast episode because this bitch is so busy. Just kidding. It's partly true. It's partly true. I'm like, oh, it's just going to go on her damn do not disturb. I'm like, oh. The only way I get to talk to her in this late night conversation is if I'm like, hey, let's have a podcast and let's shoot the shit and like go deep. So I love you. I miss you. Thanks for being here. I love you too. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have one of our deep conversations like we would probably have anyway, but just recording live for people to listen to. Yeah. You guys are literally just having like a, a, a sneak peek of like what a normal like phone conversation is with Krista and I. So this is going to be super fun. And, you know, it's interesting because when I look back at my relationship with Krista, we were in such different places. <laughs> Actually, Krista and I, we met on a blind date. We were friends on uh, on Instagram. We were connected through Myra Penaloza because of Kundalini Gown. And Krista was staying at the Joshua Tree house. And she was like, hey, do you want to stay at the Joshua Tree house? I was like, what the hell is a Joshua Tree house? Like, I had no idea what it was. Like the Joshua Tree House is what brought like 
the Airbnb like madness to Joshua Tree. And yeah, so I said, sure. So I met Chris on a blind date. We sat in the jacuzzi under the stars. And that's when I heard I needed to come to Joshua Tree to start clearing out the grid in Joshua Tree because people come to Joshua Tree, eat psychedelics, leave their shit here, and then go back to LA or like go back to other places. And because I grew up relatively close to here, like 20 minutes from my house now, like the land was calling me to come and like be a guardian of the grid. And so, you know, Krista and I, we've had similar journeys on our spiritual path, similar awakenings multiple times, similar deaths and rebirths. And both of us here now are really passionate about transmuting the false light in the coaching industry, in the spiritual community. Chris is passionate about really bringing more of the awareness around astrology. While I've been doing, focusing more on clearing out the false light in the coaching industry, but this is my mission partner. This is my mission wifey and my best friend. And yeah, this she's, well, are you still a Leo in sidereal astrology? Yeah, hell yeah. I think I'm still a Leo rising. I don't know. I'm still working on learning more about golden age astrology, but obviously if there's anyone I'm going to learn from, it's this queen bee. I talk about her to everyone. Everyone's like, who should I learn astrology from? I'm like, go to Chalice Grove. Thank me later. So, you know, a true friend is one that like promotes other friends' businesses. And that's why like, I love this platform because I get to really showcase like the people I love and help share their mission and their medicine. And then together, like the magic, the medicine, the power, everything that comes through with these transmissions really activates the people who tune in. So I speak for Krista too, for thanks for uh, tuning in and being here. But uh, I want to talk about one was like, what was you really hearing the call that you're here to bring more awareness about astrology? And like, what was the path that was like, okay, here, this is actually my soul's mission of me, like moving away from making jewelry, moving away from focusing on Kundalini yoga and like really answering the call to focus more on bringing awareness and clearing out the distortions around astrology? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, my path and every piece that led me up to astrology definitely has purpose. And I do see that as truth even to this day, because as you know, many of us go into these fallen systems and we re-encrypt them. We decode the inversions and then we come out with new data streams and those data streams were able to uh, bring to the world in a way that is resonant specifically even to people who are still maybe caught up in those closed systems. So in all honesty, I never thought that I was going to create a new astrology. That was not the intention. That definitely I did not know that was my mission at all. But I was taking this online class on Instagram with Natalia Benson, actually at the time. 
And she was just talking about the North Node kind of in passing, to be honest. And I just got really curious about my North Node placement and saw that it was in the house of astrology. And I remember sitting in my office and something just clicked. And I thought to myself, hey, I'm going to I'm going to gonna see what this is about. I'm going to just dive a little bit in, offer some readings and just see what happens. And that was in October of 2019. And as you know, I launched about 10 readings out of pretty low price, sold out, launched another eight readings, sold out, 10 more in a higher price point. I kept elevating the price, sold out, sold out, sold out. That's when I realized that there was something going on here. Right out of the gates, I was working with different archetypes. I was working with the archetypes that you had introduced me to through the cosmic path. And so- Yeah, Stephanie Azaria. Yeah, so through Stephanie Azaria, you know, I was working with what she had downloaded as new pieces and that allowed me to contextualize astrology in a way that wasn't mainstream. What I didn't anticipate is that after doing all of these chart readings, something started to emerge in my personal consciousness through the guardianship. Because when I do a reading, I'm channeling, I'm not, there's not beings taking over my body. That's never happened, nor would I ever consent to something like that. A channel to me is when you're, you're open to the stream of consciousness. And in the case of what I do, I work with God and guardians. So all the guardians are working in conjunction with God. And so in working with these guardianships, specifically of the constellations, the planetary bodies, the solar bodies, the stellar bodies, right? Uh, with all of that frequency stepping in, I very quickly realized that something different was going on with the way that I could interpret a chart. And I knew a lot about people right out of the gates, and I really didn't have that much insight about astrology. I had some basic Here's how you read a chart. This is what the house system is about, so on and so forth. So through that process of continually letting God and guardians work through me and me being able to tune into the field of intelligence, the universal field of intelligence, I started to see that I was onto something and that something was really wanting to blossom and emerge in my consciousness to be able to serve that to a greater whole, to a collective space. And if I'm honest, it wasn't until... Oh goodness, maybe only six months ago that I realized this is part of my mission, like mission work orders dropped in. And I was like, I'm going to teach other people how to look at astrology in this new way. And it's a very intuitive based astrology. So it's not cookie cutter. If you have Pluto in the first house, it equals this. It's here are some of the main themes going on. And this is continuing to evolve in my consciousness as well. That's the beautiful part. It keeps evolving as we evolve as a collective. So allowing that to evolve and really letting intuition guide the process so that when you're in the natal chart, when you're in, when you're looking at the way that the glyphs are impacting consciousness and you can calculate those data streams, you can put pieces together in a really cohesive way that actually allows people to expand outside of personality constructs instead of saying trapped into what the astrological imprints and overlays have people believing about themselves, which is to stay in the three-dimensional time and space. So really it wasn't until I would say yeah, six months ago that it dropped in big time and, and then I created a course and created a golden age level one astrology course 
and that course, even how that came through was really profound and beautiful. And, and I have more or less downloaded all new archetypes. So I'm no longer working with Stephanie Azarias. There's a couple that I kept because that energy was, is, is very potent and really strong. Uh, but lots of those things I started to see in a whole new way. And then very quickly on that path as well, I realized that I was gifted as a quantum healer and that my ability to actually tune into the quantum field was quite profound and prolific. And it's through that as well that I started to merge quantum field work with astrology. So I can actually look at someone's natal chart and I can see how to build out star body frequency. I can see where the heartline activations um, exist between the sun and the Holy Spirit. I can see where the living blueprint moves through someone's consciousness, where God's plan is being activated in their life. There's so many pieces of how we build architecture, how we burn away trauma, how we look at reversal fields and the way that these karmic imprints, these uh, miasmic frequencies of infection can run through the ley lines of the astrological grids that are part of the false light agenda. And when the BLM movement happened, I got a little bit more interested in what is the story of astrology and who was pushing that story forward. And I started to really see, sense, feel and intuit for myself that this system, there's corruption here. And that's that's an important piece to know about astrology because if we're not honest about the poison, then we can't bring in the medicine. And so I started to see that it was co-opted, that it is co-opted and it perpetuates these fallen systems and personality constructs. And, and more than that, it actually keeps people out of the portals of what's really going on when there are energetic bodies, energetic frequencies, and even beings on this planet who are using the portals for things that we wouldn't collectively agree to. It's manipulated consent. And when we're kept out of the portal, we don't have access to that. And that's why being in that is so valuable, which is why I still read tropical charts. So for those who don't know, a tropical chart is something that is based on seasons. So it's working with the, the fixed placement of the sun based on the seasonal component. Whereas when you're working with sidereal, you're taking into account the procession of the equinox, you're working with the fixed stars. And so it's different because it's actually looking at what's going on in the night sky in comparison to what is, did the ephemeris predict however long ago in the Babylonian times about where each of the, where the sun would be moving through the constellation at different times. Right. So it's a very different energy. And the reason I still read tropical is because I actually I synthesize both tropical and sidereal. But the reason I haven't given up tropical yet is, again, if we don't name the poison, we can't heal from it. So if I if I don't have the opportunity to get in there and show people like these are the reversal fields of what you were born with. This is the way the ephemeris has worked to kind of stronghold or lock you into a narrative of who you should be, the personality, the identity. And once you realize how to step out of those reversal fields, which get really strongly entrenched by the moon's placement and also by Saturn's placement. So once you learn to step over those, 
then you can actually start to step into the higher octaves of each one of the signs and then also step into the higher octaves then of the frequency and the energetics behind sidereal because a lot of people don't even relate to their sidereal at first and it makes sense because we're entrenched in the personality constructs it takes moving through that first in order to be ready to kind of look at it in another way and another thing i say constantly to people i work with is we, we get really hung up on, well, this is my sun sign, this is my rising sign, you know, with all these placements. And yes, planetary placement is indicative of a lot of the ways that you exist in the world. And also it is not the only thing because at the end of the day, all 12 zodiac, all 12 constellations and the 13th sign and the 13th constellation, even the 14th, the opposition, which would be Orion. So Ophicus and Orion, those are all impacting our consciousness. We have a slice of all of that in our chart. So when people say astrology isn't rooted in accuracy, it could be applicable to anyone. Well, it can be applicable to anyone because these are the mental these are the physical, these are the emotional, these are the spiritual constructs that we're working through in this incarnation. And the story or the narrative that's been perpetuated over time is one that gives us 90% truth and 10% falsity that actually inverts our codes. And what a brilliant plan because the people who are looking up at the sky and asking deeper questions are usually, usually sensitives, starseeds, angelics, indigos, highly coded people. Those are the people who are looking to astrology. So what a great place to infect the map, if you will, so people can't find their way home. Mm. Mic drop. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> no big deal, what Krista just said. And <laughs> that kind of awareness, I mean, it's interesting because what I've seen is like, just reflecting from my own like spiritual journey, a lot of people start to go towards like the spiritual path when they're at a low, when their auric field isn't strong, where there's holes in it, where there's traumas, conditionings, outdated beliefs that are still operating, but something deep within you know they don't it doesn't resonate anymore. So there's a lot of curiosity, you re looking up to the stars, you looking towards spiritual teachers on like, what is my truth? And everyone is looking outside of them from what is actually their truth, which is from their own sovereign embodiment within. So I know on my journey, when I hit my rock bottom, um, especially after I got struck by lightning, I was purchasing every deck, every course, every book. I read well over a hundred books in a year the, the, after I got struck by lightning to try to figure out what's, what's going on, what does all of this mean? And it kept me in consciousness traps and loops a lot with my business because I was learning from these false light spiritual business women and men on how to quote unquote, build a business, but it still wasn't in alignment with my truth. It still wasn't, it's, there was still a missing piece there. And that was me honoring my own worth, honoring my own wealth, becoming a sovereign embodiment of my truth beyond the conditioning of whatever false light teacher, even someone outside of me, but me giving my power away outside. And, 
you know, it's funny because uh, my sister and someone who I know you've worked with as well, Freedom Franklin, she talks about our tattoos and how tattoos we, we may not resonate with anymore are like tokens. And when you look at them, you're like, oh, yeah, this is this shows me where I've been. And of course, I'm looking at some like, oh, I just want to cover them up. <laughs> but others, you know, it's 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 really as you get to this awareness of like your truth and like the teachings that aren't corrupt, that aren't part of a closed system, which I want you to share and explain more about um, after this. But when you start to have that awareness, you do have a deeper sense of compassion for yourself. And I think that's the big piece that you need to understand is that there's no shame to the game because you needed to be on that timeline. You needed to have that awareness. You needed to go through that experience to have a deeper level, deeper sense of compassion for someone who may come to you for support. And you are here to guide them to be aware of what's going on on the path or what what, what they can expect. So I think it's important to drop any shame or doubts or insecurities about things you, teachings that may have supported you back when but still had an underlying effects of keeping you trapped in consciousness loops. And uh, I know that's like when I had, when I, and I'm talking about this more next week's episode, but when I lost my memory, that was me purging out the rest of the false teachings uh, that were still the last of that cellular debris and that memory in my brain um, that was still keeping me stuck in my brain and not in my heart. Right. Yeah. It's a great point. So I want you to talk more about closed systems just to give a deeper awareness. Cause if people are following you on Instagram, which you should at Chalice Grove, you're sharing more and talking more about closed systems, but sometimes I'm sure people can be like, what is she talking about a closed system? Yeah. Yeah, so I want to touch on something and I'll move it in there and weave those pieces together. One of the things when when you're talking about like that compassion piece, I've noticed very deeply and clearly that a lot of people who have fallen into these false light teachings, ourselves included, (laughs) they're people who are highly sensitive, right? And so that is why they have gone through life saying yes to so many different things. So the reason is because their hearts were so open when they got here. These are angelics, right? These are people who don't have the same sort of density in their field because they came down to liberate the fallen system. But in coming down without that same density in place, it leads to usually a lot more pain and trauma and wounding and later in life looping and consciousness traps because the heart was so open to begin with. Now, this doesn't mean that there's a hierarchy going on. When I say density, I mean like all babies are pure. All babies are worthy of unconditional love, but everyone is very different with how they're coded and with the templates that they come down with. So yes, a lot of beings that are on this path are just templated differently and they know it, they feel it. They've been pulled to these other arenas and they continue to shift and change. They're more of a hummingbird energy, which means they're Mm. they're floating around, going from flower to flower, finding the nectar that's closest to God and whatever resonates the most there for them. And sometimes 
that nectar has been tarnished. And there's a reason for it because the people who come down with those initial open hearts that get closed later on, that often end up in these cults and in these um, really unhealthy scenarios and situations like that narcissist empathetic, um, uh, empathic dynamic or the victim victimizer sort of program, these are the people that are more sensitive. There's, there's a reason it's, it's created like that so the sensitives don't step up on mission so that the people in power that have been in power for millennia, it is a self-fulfilling prophecy. It is an undertow and an undercurrent that has been here a lot longer than many of us know. And so many people come down here as a way to liberate those closed and fallen systems. And so that is why there is so much in place to derail a highly coded being off their path. So when we think about fallen systems or closed systems, pretty much everything on the planet right now is a closed system, which doesn't sound very hopeful, but that is not the way I see it. There are so many of us that are here to go in and to bring new data streams we have re-encrypted and recoded the fallen teachings for whatever reason. We had to go in there. We needed to go in there. It, some people didn't get out. And there are many of us on mission. There are many of us that are here to help those people get out, to re-remember, to reignite, to activate their mission codes or their purpose codes to facilitate or help someone on mission. Because not everyone here is on mission, but many people are here to facilitate people on mission. That's their purpose. So they're here to come in and really lift that person um, and, and walk hand by hand, hand in hand with one another. So there's like a lifting up on both regards. That person initiates that other person. That person helps the mission. That person may go off on their own, but there are pods or groups of soul family that are coming together on mission order, right? As as teammates, right? And they're here to do this work. So when it comes to fallen systems, these are entropic. And an entropic system causes disorder. It causes chaos. It causes divide. And ultimately, there's a conquering that happens in that system. If you think about how a predator attacks its prey, there's always, often is a better word, there's often confusion tactics, right? So the, the, the prey itself will use confusion so it doesn't get consumed. Like a bunny, for example, will jump all over the place so that it, it, it's not a stream um, defense attack. It can, it can move all over and confuse the predator. So when we look at these sort of tactics in play, because what I'm seeing now is that we are in one of the largest mind control programs that exists that I've ever seen. And if you've ever studied things like NLP or the way that remote viewing works or that the military has been trained, these tactics are being used right now that are producing this really twisted and distorted frequency where the captor or the captive rather is putting the captor on a pedestal or protecting it with the Stockholm syndrome, right? With this, with this feeling like, oh my God, but I'm just grateful that I have a job and that I have food on the table. And who am I to complain or go against this system? Well, the Aquarian age, which is not yet here, we can talk about that a little bit as well, because this is something very different than what I believed a year ago. 
The Aquarian age, which is not yet here, is designed to set us up to open systems. That is the organic technology of Aquarius. It's the sentient frequency of community and camaraderie and love. It is the breaking of paradigms. It is the breaking of even time. The way that we operate in time is changing. People are understanding the grids, quantum field, how to quantum leap, how to go back for aspects of themselves. This is an open system, but we have been trained to be in closed systems. And at first in the new age movement, how most people thought they were, they were doing that was through being in the new age and, and shining a light on the government and shining a light on bank systems and shining a light on what's not working without even realizing that the system they were in was actually also indoctrinated by the same team. And so now we're starting to realize that because we're ready, because we're ready. And as we're starting to wake up from this slumber and the ways that we've anesthetized ourselves and had manipulated consent take away our power, we're starting to see what closed systems are and how confused we've been. The tactics that have been in place to actually have us separating, competing, love and lighting, fucking drunk and high on bliss and what feels good moment to moment and what's karmic and how you maybe called that in in a past life because you did that. You know, these things are deeply rooted in privilege. They're deeply rooted in systemic issues that run way deeper. Again, like I said, this has been going on for a long, long time. It's not that these issues don't exist. It's that who is shaking, the si who's shaking it up? Who's the one who's now pointing all of these little things and shaking up the system so all of a sudden we're fighting each other and we're pointing fingers and we're blaming and we're getting confused and we don't know which is the right way. That is a closed system. And there are, there's levels of intelligence and brilliance, but it's also ignorance on this planet because it's not eternal life that is designed to keep this system moving this way, which is actually projecting us onto an artificial AI Aquarian timeline. And that is what most people are on right now. And they don't even realize they're consenting to it. <laughs> I love when uh, Krista just gets on a roll and I just listen. Yeah. I get fiery. I get excited. <laughs> this, you know, I want this to be, I don't want this to feel like well, this is what's happening and we can't really do much about it. That's not the energy. We're utilizing the gift of fire to transmute, to renew and resurrect, to call. It's the alchemy. It is the alchemy. And it's a very, very important piece on this journey as we move through these, these new layers, because there are artificial overlays that invert and infect our consciousness. We are not physical beings solely. We are 99.99999% space. We are energy in motion. We are particle and wave. We are matter and antimatter. We are physical and metaphysical. The more that we can actually start to initiate our vision, the unseen realms are not unseen to the trained mind, to the trained heart. And I love- To the trained eye. What's that? to the trained eye. Yeah, and I love that you brought this up because 
the heart space is such a vital component for our healing and resurrecting the fallen architecture that would have us consenting to this giant psychological warfare and attack on consciousness. The heart space is what needs to be tended to. All heartbreak you've ever been through. The way that mommy and daddy didn't love you. Here's the beautiful thing about being in the Piscean age still and why we don't even want to be in the Aquarian age just yet because there's a gift here that if we're not conscious of it, we miss it. So all the people who are already in that artificial Aquarian timeline, they might miss this. And if that's you, there's no judgment. Just listen up, pay attention, open your heart to this message. Because when we are aware that we're still working with the Piscean and it's not what we've been taught. I was taught just like you, the Piscean was strict and cold and didn't have access to this, this, and this, but the Aquarian age, welcome to the Aquarian age. Would you like to ride this carnival ride or this carnival ride? And everything is smoke and mirrors. And it's this whole thing about how technology is going to come and save us. That is the Holocaust overlay that was placed on every civilization that went through cataclysm. As they were merging themselves with artificial technology and timelines that did not serve their consciousness. So the Piscean age and what it actually is about, what Pisces actually represents is our limitless nature. It's the ability to understand for ourselves that there is a way to come into higher harmonics with the heart, with consciousness, Christ consciousness. You know, we revoke all religious indoctrination here. We aren't speaking to the Bible or false teachings. Like I said, most of these systems are closed. I'm referring to a consciousness. And, and with this consciousness activation, because Pisces is working very closely with Yeshua. Many people don't know that. And with that, it is a restoration process of the divine feminine coming into contact with the divine masculine, healing whatever needed to be healed divine mother, divine father, reunite, heal the wounds. And then a third point of stellar consciousness gets born, which is stellar, sun, God, solar, the sun, right? So when people say the way to God is through the sun in a lot of religious teachings, that used to really irk me. I didn't understand that. I was just like, why can't you just go to God? I always just go to God, I go to God, right? But I'm understanding this more. There's a deeper resonance of that because the solar codes are very important when they allow us to see when the sun moves through the constellations in the sky every year, what's organically supposed to happen is that the sun is releasing consciousness through the way that the light comes through onto the planet. And so it actually refracts the light and it sends through solar codes from those constellations what the higher octaves are of the consciousness that we're needing, the next puzzle piece, if you will, on the ascension journey. But most people are on a false ascension timeline because there's been a tampering of the organic index. Why do you think Bill Gates wants to close out the sun? It, and, and why do you think there's a whole story on on climate change and how he's he's bringing forward oh hey look at what we have with climate change i can fix that let's just block out the sun there's a reason these things are happening well also what people don't remember is that 
the sun is what fuels plants and nature. That's what allows our food to grow. It's the sun's rays. That vitamin D boosts up the immunity. That's what fuels the food you eat, the plants outside, nature, like that, that to me also correlates to so much of life force energy. Yeah. And that's what, you know, that's what Leo is in golden age astrology. It's the life force energy or what I lovingly refer to as the liquid gold. It's like the liquid gold plasma. When you learn to work with liquid gold plasma, it changes the way that you can operate. We all have a sun sign. It might not be what you think it is. And an easy way to tell is just go to a free astrology chart creating app like astro.com or astrocharts.com and just type in your birthday. And then if your sun sign is 20, anything less than 24 degrees, you're going to move to the sign prior. So that's a lot of people. I have a 25 degree Leo sun. So I stay in Leo, but I'm at a one degree. So I'm really portally with cancer, which I also don't love that word. I like to revoke that because why that constellation is so beautiful. It's how we purge and dismantle. And also it's connected to something that is an illness and a disease in people's lives. So how interesting, because that's when we're not able to move through the miasmic debris, it causes infection, it causes illness, it causes debris. So there's so many layers to this. And of course, not an hour or however long we're going to deep dive today is going to allow us to get into all those pieces. But the more I study it, the more that I see what a gift this is to understand for our, our life, because it really liberates us beyond the upside down. And I've heard a lot of people in the quantum community say that astral, astro equals astral equals 4D equals the astral dimension, which is infected. Don't touch astrology. And I want to speak to that because what um, many people don't recognize and see with clear vision and feel from a, from a heightened higher harmonics is that some of us have come down to clean up 5D. Some of us have come down to clean up 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. We're restoring the, the infection in the field. So it's even though, yes, there's some things going on that you need to be very mindful of and, and go to your heart first, clear, whatever you need to go to God, ask for that clearing. There are also people here that are, that are in this energy that are working to resolve the distortions that exist in those fields. And so I feel to throw out astrology at this stage would do a huge disservice because it is allowing us to move through a lot of these personality, even mental constructs that aren't serving us in the lower harmonic universe, 1D, 2D, 3D. And it is allowing us then to step into higher octaves of who we are and why we're here. One day, I'm sure we may not need to use it, but we're not there as a collective yet. And so I see this as this incredibly powerful tool. And one thing I'll give as an, as an example, because I love something pragmatic, is if you think about voting, when do you vote in the, in, in the USA? When do you guys vote? Um, well, there's, there's voting soon. Yeah, they're doing, I just got an email about they're doing voting like in my district coming up. So sometimes in June and then again in November. Yeah. And so most people feel like when that happens, they're moving over to Scorpio season. It has, you know, nothing to do with anything. Now it's Scorpio. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about the occult. Let's talk about death. Let's talk about magic. That's what a traditional 
frequency of astrologer would bring forward. But really, if you actually look at when voting is created, what's actually happening is we're still very deeply working with Libra and Libra is about justice. Justice. Libra is about balance. Libra is about harmony. It's about restoring the fields and the architecture. It's about reclaiming your power. But what do they do? They they, they have you separating and and they're called poles for a reason. It's causing this polarity and this dissonance at a time that the constellation is actually trying to grant us the gift of, of justice and of balance and of harmony and of recognizing how we can correct these errors. Nope. Because why does that happen? There's, I can pull out many examples of this. Well, the reason I'm sharing this one is because if there are people who understand how this works and they actually put things in place to counteract the medicine that's trying to come through, it continues to split the light body, split the angelic body, create more infection in the field, in the, in the body itself. And that leads to more distortion, more consciousness traps, more healing loops. And we just carry on in our little lives, living in tiny boxes, pretending that this is normal. I don't know about most of the people, but if 2020 really taught us anything, it's to, to look deeper into the narratives that have been shared. People are finally, and we've been seeing this for a very long time, but people are finally seeing that the news doesn't tell the truth. Well, I just heard today, I was watching Russell Brand like right before this, and he was pointing out that every major news source, what, at least one chairman of each news source is also on the chair of some pharmaceutical company. Wow, wait, there you go. It's his birthday today, I heard on the radio. Of course it is. I mean, he'd only, he would be a couple days before uh, my birthday, obviously. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but I have the biggest crush on Russell Brand. Like, he is the definition of like a man I would be calling in because he's a truth teller. But that's something that came through the other day for me as well that I realized is that truth tellers, people who are living from the heart space are those who have healed the lower triangle, those who have healed yeah. the wounds, the trauma of their childhood. And what showed me that, what brought that to me was that I was on Instagram and I saw this video that like uh, Saint Ho posted up and it was about like, it was a meme about Kim Kardashian talking about, I don't know, some, some artist, whatever. I don't listen to mainstream media, but, or mainstream music either. And they sent her like a, like a, a swag whole package prom promo thing. And Kim was like, oh my gosh, we listen to it all the time. And Northwest, you know, Kanye's daughter was like, you're lying. You never listened to it. And Kim still posted it on her Instagram, like, yes, we do. We listen to it all the time, don't we? And I was like, oh my gosh, like that's it. Children have no problem unapologetically telling the truth. If you ever want the truth to be told, ask a child because they see beyond the distortions. Yes, there may still be programming DNA structurally, genetically that has been passed down from the lineage, from their ancestors, from their parents, what have you, but they're still walking on this earth with innocence. Yeah. And so they have no problem telling the truth. And more people that are 
I don't even want to say sacrificing their brands, but are really shifting their brands to be more exposing of the truth or more truth telling with compassion and with intention, really, are the ones who have been devoted in healing their inner child. I mean, I know for me, what initiated my spiritual journey was that I wanted to heal my family. Like I split from a man because I was like, I need to heal my family. And it wasn't just like me helping people outside, but it was like, how can I take responsibility of clearing out the distortions that was passed, that were passed down to me from my mother, from my father, from my very, very large Italian family, ancestors, what have you. I wanted to clear out those distortions so that when the time comes that I have a child, I'm not... I'm not showering them with my shit. Like I'm taking responsibility for the energy I bring to the room, the cellular resonance that I will be passing down to my child, you know? And I think that's part of the conversation that also needs to be had is that people who are devoted to telling the truth, educating, bringing this awareness are people, highly sensitive people who may have been distorted back when into false light teachings may have been distorted back when into these programmings and conditions and beliefs and dogmas and what have you and realized that it actually wasn't working for them anymore. So they took the courage to go on the path less, less taken, the path less followed and decided to embark on this journey. Luckily, more people are waking up. I knew 2020 was the year that shit was going to shake up. And I knew 2021 was going to be be the year of disclosure. And it's happening. Yeah. It's a, if you add the numbers numerologically, it's a five. Five is change. We are having change this year. Next year, we're going to have a two, two, two year in 2022. I feel like that's where there's going to be so much change really coming through. I'm pumped about it because I'll be 33 in 2022. So I'm like, I'm pumped that I came on it like the end of like a nine of a decade and my birthday is the nine. So I'm all about power of the prime and having the subtle body. Like one of the teachings of Kundalini Yoga I still love are the 10 bodies and understanding in that sense is that we're more than just this physical body. But when you become devoted to starting to look at these things that may not be quote unquote, the norm of what has been taught or the conditionings or what should be, you know, based on who's saying should. Like I had someone reach out to me on Instagram being like, sending me a picture of like the chakras that I had on my sprays that I made um, on my shamanistic Odessa sprays. And they're like, oh, is this like the, I, what it, where's the, the origin of this chakra symbol? Because this is what I want. I was like, this is what my graphic designer and I designed together and she goes, oh, well, this isn't the normal symbol for that chakra. I said, who says who says it needs to be the normal one? Who has the authority to say this is it? No one. Like, And that's the thing that we need to remember. You get to take from these teachings what resonates and release the rest. This isn't about following a cult mindset. This isn't about following the dogma of these quote-unquote traditions. If these traditions have continuously kept groups of people in these consciousness traps and loops where we're still finding ourselves in the same bullshit over and over and over again. That's not going to implement real change. It's going to keep you on a trap. It's going to keep you controlled and it's going to disempower you from being in your sovereign embodiment. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting because I, you know, I became a certified life coach back in 2013. I knew I wanted to help people at a very long time 
And to be honest, I don't see myself doing business forever. This is what I'm being called to right now. I want to help people set up their system so that things can automate and run behind the scenes where there can also be some benefits of AI in a way that can also have support in that way. Because I grew up in a time where my parents worked 18 hours a day and I was raised by my grandparents, raised by my aunts. And I'm grateful I had a large family, but I still needed my parents' love when I was going through so much trauma and death at a young age that it wasn't until recently that I'm starting to actually build a relationship with my parents that's healthy And I just know like from that experience that I had, I want to help people organize their system so things are operating and flowing behind the scenes so that they can one, be present for themselves and two, be present for their families where things aren't, you know, so tied to work, work, work all the time. How do we find this homeostasis and this balance between work and play, between work and pleasure, between work and rest? And this is something that's also shifting a lot too. And I think that has been part of the blessing of 2020 as well, is that a lot of people, yes, like had to take a time out on their jobs. But during that time, some people were really reevaluating, like, what does it mean? Like, what kind of work do I actually want to do? Like, am I just doing something? And like you mentioned before, not everyone is here to be on mission. Some people don't have those codes, whatever. Some people are here just to Like if you have the queen ant and you have all the workers below or the worker bees and the queen bee, like they're there to just continue to to nourish and and manage in that sense. And so, you know, not everyone is here on mission to work, but those that are like, they need to understand that also spending quality time with family and doing the deeper mission work and quality time with themselves. It's a trifecta energy that needs to happen. Yeah, yeah. So I'm being called right now to help with systems, help with business. But down the line, like I want to do midwifery and be a doula. Like I want to help people birth children and down the line help with conscious family work. But I can't do that if I haven't had that experience yet. And so that's when we can see like if we've had distortions and the coaching industry and the spiritual community, whatever, and we've been able to purge out of that, we're a couple steps ahead of most people that we can help guide them. And so we need to lead through embodiment. True mentorship is leading through embodiment and experience. It's not about so much of what you know, but who you be, who you are, who are you here to be? Who are you embodied as? Yeah, totally. Couldn't agree more. I love that you're doing that and helping that behind the scenes. I think it's so important and so beautiful. And, you know, as we go on this journey and continue to be on this journey, it's important to just hear the message with your heart when it comes to the roles that we have as human beings and some of us in a supporting role and some of us in a leadership role, this world also perpetuates that everyone needs to be a leader or center stage or noticed or applauded or, or, you know, someone who has a lot of fame and fortune. And we have to be really mindful of these programs. I'm not saying wealth is inherent to our birthright. We aren't meant to struggle right now. We happen to be under a monetary system and we're not meant to struggle. So I'm not here to say, in fact, I revoke, and you know, this all spiritual indoctrination around being broke when you're on this path, because it's not helpful because we need people who have resources, who can secure land and who can secure community space. And so it's really important to just locate 
what you feel best serves you. Because again, it's not a hierarchy. It's just some of us are coded to do certain things. Some of us are on mission. And if that's you, you know, you know, you feel it. That, that, that energy just pulls at you, keeps you up at night. It's this longing. And once you do that deeper inner work, that inner child work, and you can clear out any of the hooking energy that would have you wanting to be in a, in a position of leadership. So mommy or daddy can see you, right. Once you clear out those distortions, you'll know if that's what you're meant to do. It'll, it will, propel you on this path and you'll continue to step up as that golden age leader. And you know, that golden age leadership is something that I'm really passionate about because the world I'm coded to help other leaders. That's just how I'm coded. I'm not necessarily a beginner's teacher at this point anymore. It doesn't mean I don't have beginner things that I share, but I am really here to help people who have already been doing that deep inner work and they're ready to activate they're ready to step in. They're ready to be like, Kate, what's the next step? Like I had someone send me a message the other day. I was just like, I'm ready for that next code. They just knew we had a session a couple of weeks ago. And then they were like, Kate, I'm booking a couple months out. Let's do this. I'm ready for this next piece. Right. So I, I want to be so clear on that because I remember one time having a conversation with my sister about this. And she's like, the one thing I can't stand about the spiritual community is that there's just this group of people who think they're just so fucking special and important. It's not about specialness or importantness. It's about how you are coded and why you came here. Codes are data streams, they're information, they're energy in motion. Code is the way that we be. <laughs> it's what we embody. And honestly, until you heal the heart, you don't have any space to receive those messages. In fact, a lot of what you probably pursue will be distorted because you haven't taken the time for basic housekeeping. And that was true for me. You know, it felt like a curse to be honest, but I'm so grateful now because I see and I reference God a lot. And so if that triggers you, that's where you're at. But just keep an open heart, if you will, because this word doesn't trigger me anymore. I love this word and I love working with God. This consciousness, this unified field of intelligence, I needed to clear out so much. When when Sabrina and I met, you know, we were both in a pretty intense place. I was just slowly ending a relationship. And once that unraveled fully, I went through two years of the wildest initiation. I have moved through lifetimes of the miasma, of the inversions, of the way that consciousness has been infected and false light identity structures. So I had to do that. And it's important to just know that and locate for oneself why we're here. And sometimes it's not some big purpose or mission. It's to have kids. It's to be present to the experience and the journey really drop in so that you can call back your soul streams or your soul quota from where they're looping in the quantum universe that actually keeps you out of the present moment. And if you're not occupying your body, if you're not occupying your power, your love and your wisdom in a closed system, the first law of thermodynamics is energy cannot be created or destroyed in an entropic system, in a closed system. So if you're not embodying your power, your love and your wisdom, wisdom, someone else is. Someone else has access to that. So if you're not feeling that, you've got to ask yourself, wait a second, how can I call back these soul streams so that I can be more embodied to heal those wounds, to heal that trauma? And the coaching industry, 
originally was designed to do that sort of work, right? Shadow work and reclamation and learning how to heal from disassociation and all of the ways that we are living and breathing in a very dominant sympathetic system where our, our, we're not in parasympathetic dominance. So we're running all day long on fight, flight, freeze, or fawning. Or your nervous system. <laughs> that that'll be the underlay of it. And then the overlay can sometimes, and this is what the new age was, the overlay was the mammalian system or is the mammalian system, bliss, pleasure, joy, right? It's those pleasure codes. It's that sexuality to manifest. It's all of, and again, there's nothing inherently wrong with it. I'm not here to cancel or condemn anyone's modality. I'm here to, to shine a light on the ways that we can do better as we know better. And a lot of that mammalian dominance in our, and, and there's an actual interface that I can see within someone's grid within their light body is that it runs these, these, these nets and these loops that keep people trapped and they're actually continually chasing the next high or the next six figures or the next client or the next whatever, but it's a baseline of fear with an overlay of mammalian dominance. And what's really fascinating about this is Taurus is the one who actually dismantles that. When you understand Taurus and you have a Taurus son in sidereal, so the reason that that's so important is because when Taurus doesn't understand that yet, Taurus has been the gatekeeper for the base 10 technology in the inversion. And what that means is it keeps us looping and we just kind of bottom out uh, or top out, whatever way you want to look at it. And we don't get into the 11th dimension and 12th dimension. So yeah, we're astral traveling or we're, we're you know remote viewing or whatever the thing is. And what's happening is people, because they still have trauma in their heart space and they haven't resurrected the divine love, the heroes, gamos template between their masculine and their, and their feminine so they can interface with each other and that energy can weave and dance because there's so much fracturing with mommy and daddy, whether it was your actual mom and dad, whether it was God, whether it was your caregivers, however that shows up for you, because that's not happening, people get trapped in the base 10 and base 12 technology has to be what we move into. It's the organic tree of life so we can really see, sense, feel, imagine, and know with every cell of our being that we are interdimensional beings, that we are time travelers, that we're multidimensional, that we have access codes to galactic gates, to golden gates, to the chalice of existence, to the womb of the solar system, and that these data streams are coming in and we can have access to them whenever we want to. But when we're not aware of that or when we're bottoming out on a base 10, we're just stuck in these realms. And, and a lot of these realms have been infected because they saw they being it can mean what it can be people it's it can be energy it's any inorganic anti-life frequency that runs through this planet that has to rob energy remember closed system energy can't be created or destroyed it has to manipulate it has to rob it has to steal consent in order to generate its motors in order to feed the machine in order to create life force for itself and unfortunately this is how humans are taught to, to coexist with one another 
it's 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 a an economy that's really busted that says hey if i'm in a dynamic with you right now i'm going to outpower you and i'm actually going to siphon your energy whether you're conscious of it or not i feel really good but you might feel depleted and it, and it's it's a program and it's a program that's based on base base 10 and so this is why it's really important that we understand these aspects of consciousness because the more that we do we actually tune into eternal life and eternal life is where we recognize that that we are eternal that life force is directly dropped down in plasmic index it's a code it's a reference point that all of life that we never die that existence goes on that this is a holographic template reality and that we're, we're consenting to the level that we're on right now. It's like we keep kind of going, then we slip down into the dungeon. We get like the coin and then we go down and then we go into the underworld. And then we have all these people we have to fight. But unfortunately, we don't have all the rules. So it's not a fair game. It's not a fair level because we continue to die and then shrink back down again and have to like build up again. Maybe you find a Yoshi or maybe whatever it is and you go through again. And it's like on repeat it's like a bad version of groundhog day where souls then are just moving through the reincarnation cycle they're going into harvesting nets and i know that this can be a lot of people are brand new so i want to just drop in here and say take a deep breath if this is new for you because this isn't meant to be scary it, there there is a, a responsibility some of us have to share this information and the and you know i had someone text me today in my dms and was just like you know i'm a really old soul and freedom talks about this. It's like, well, that, that can be a problem if you're an old soul, because you've been, you haven't been able to get off the level. And so we're all collectively working on raising the consciousness and it can sound kind of airy or out there, or the languaging itself can be fancy. Over your head. Yeah. Or over your head, but it's really mm -hmm. basic in a lot of ways, which is just how do we be the most loving versions of ourselves for ourselves? That's what that two years taught me. And my program, as you know, I created a, a coaching and mentorship program. It was the first time I ever stepped into the role as a mentor in this way. And that program sold out at the beginning of a pandemic. And that program's been more or less sold out for the last year. I haven't been taking on large numbers of new clients because what I created was all based on learning to love myself all the way back awake. And that allowed me to purge and dismantle the karmic imprints, the miasmic frequencies. It allowed me to move into the dismantling of even the DNA structures that were infected. And one day, you know, I think Nietzsche says this, it's like, and those who were caught dancing were thought crazy by those who could not hear the music. It's like, I understand we're talking about this today and there's not scientific evidence to prove it yet, but that doesn't mean it's not real. It doesn't mean it's not real because science with an S with two dollar like lines down it to make a dollar, dollar signs, that's what science is right now. Unfortunately, it's funded and it's backed. If you just look, there are hands in the pockets of science and, and those pockets are lined with greed and it's not what it once was. And I know that that people are sad about that and they want to. Well, it's out, it's an outdated system because yeah. they've been afraid of getting, they've been in a closed system. They've been afraid of opening up to possibilities of what actually could be. Yeah. And it's, and it creates a glass ceiling and it creates a looping right? And it creates this whole reincarnation cycle. And that's what I mean by a harvesting net. It's an energetic net. 
It's a frequency fence that was keeping higher information from coming in. That frequency fence is now lifting due to a lot of the uh, time and energy grid workers have been spending. We tired. Yeah. <laughs> to dismantle all of that, right? To dismantle yeah. all of that. And so it is, it is shifting. Um, but again, in a closed system of science, for example, and if my family was listening to this, oh my goodness, just so y- y'all know where I come from, they would cringe because my whole family is in Western medicine. My, bro- my brother believes with his whole heart in science and my mother believes in that system too. And, and so I come from a family where that's really indoctrinated. It's, it's, it's set up that way for me to not believe that, you know, it was kind of a miracle to be honest. And I did the work necessary to open myself up and face off with some of these things so I could allow myself to step into the person that I was always going to be. But until we we heal, it's impossible. You can't live from your heart space if you don't have the developmental years, beliefs, conditions really in alignment to your truth. And I know, like I said, that's, that's why I've been so devoted to systems myself is because you can't live in that heart space and operate and share and be of service from that heart space. If your systems are all over the place, the, the, the energy won't feel safe to come if it's chaos. And so when you can start to recognize the chaos comes the order and the structures and the the sacred containers for the feminine to express herself. And I think that's been part of the distortions of the new age movement and the future is female movement, all these things like it's, it will swing the pendulum the other way, one and two, it's not bringing in, like we talked about, like the true Christ consciousness as the restoration of the sacred union, like that sacred union needs to happen within first. And then when you find that, you're going to permeate out that resonance, that radiance out into the world, and you will start seeing it as your reality due to this holographic experience that is life. Yeah. And a lot of people, you know, you can find love, of course, without tending to that first, but most relationships that people are jealous of who don't have them sometimes aren't even conscious of the fact that a lot of relationships are a lot of codependent patterns playing out and a lot of childhood wounding and trauma bonding. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it can create these really distorted attachment styles that have us again in closed systems, even with those that we love. And that can be your partner, your family members, so on and so forth. It keeps scaling out. And so this is why it's so important to do the inner work so that you can yourself be an open system. Once you're an open system and you learn to plug into a life force energy that is eternal, that isn't a succubus, that doesn't suck you dry, then you have access to something greater than yourself and those that mission can come in if you're templated that way or your purpose comes online in a whole new way because you now have that access because of that inner work. It is one of the most beautiful things to do. And I'm being put under some new mission orders. Astrology will always, I I feel, be what I do. And if God gives me different directive, then I'll, I'll move on. However, you know, I have a huge passion to help people create wide awake wealth for themselves because the number of women who have money in their hands is alarmingly low. 
And a lot of the women, a lot of the humans who are holding these really high codes are women. They're fighting the good fight right now. They're the ones who are doing a lot of the inner work. And so this is a very valuable piece as well. And when I say wealth, I don't mean money necessarily. That can be part of it within a monetary system. I mean, all cylinders firing. You are on mission and assignment and purpose. There is nothing I do in my business that I don't want to do it. Well, let me reframe this. There's nothing I do in my business based on what someone else told me I need to do. There may be things that I show up for that I'm not like, okay, right now this isn't exactly what I want to do, but I made a commitment to myself and I'll do that. But my business is not run based on what anyone else has said. I never took a coaching program that indoctrinated me to say, this is how you do it. I literally built everything based on what I went through. I have a background in psychology. I know how to work with trauma. This, this becomes a point of access and it has to be in order to create layers of wealth because unless again you heal, that's why we need to still talk about healing. It's important for all that we do because until we've done that, we can't experience our birthright of being able to have what we need in order to continue to fulfill the mission and the plan on the ascending, the organic ascending timeline. Yes. And that's why it's also important if you do choose to follow certain teachers or whatever, that they're actually not just consumed on like generating. Cause the thing that I'm recognizing having been like gathering all the intel from all these coaches and things. It's like, how many of these coaches are actually invested in their students, not just seeing them as another number, but are actually invested in their students? Because these people, students are investing into these coaches to learn from them, to grow with them, to experience them. And this is what came to me today. And I was going to create a whole podcast. I still may continue on as I continue to receive more of this download. But something for me that I've seen is I grew up in the hospitality industry. I went to school for hospitality before I went to school for marketing. They were both still business oriented, um, you know, majors when I was in college. But I just when I transferred schools, they didn't have hospitality. So I switched to marketing, even though I had to take marketing classes beforehand. But I've always been taught to exceed expectations. And all of my students who have been in Alchemistry Systems, who have worked with me one-on-one, who've been part of Thrive, have all said that they really feel seen, soulful systems, they really feel seen and supported and heard by me. And that's something I think more than just chasing the money or like boasting on social media that you had a six-figure month, which is great. We need, like you said, more wealth in women's hands. But are you actually catering to the needs of your customers, your students, your clients that are coming to you and trust you? And I think there's so many parallels of what how we're seeing that in the coaching industry and how we're seeing that in society, in these mainstream uh, teachers, in these mainstream medias, in these uh, medical fields, you know, people are coming to you with trust, but are you actually manipulating them? Are you actually caring for them? Like, those are the things that you really need to check in with yourself. Is it is it coming from a space of greed? 
Is it coming from a space of scarcity? Is it coming from a space of lack? Or is it coming from a space of compassion? Is it coming from a space of integrity? Is it coming from a space of pure love? And that's something that I'm calling up and out more for the coaching industry because I'm tired of seeing these people who are selling out programs that are charging $5,000 for like a six-week program, but then aren't actually caring for the clients. They're just creating these classes inside a Facebook group where you can't even communicate with the other people inside these group programs. And I had an experience in Alchemizer Systems because we could all see each other. Students inside were helping other students activate the next level, the brand rebirth that really brought in powerful codes. And I think that's what we need to remember why we're going into these programs is to cult is the community aspect of it. And so that's something that's been really irking me lately and something that I've gathered the intel for myself that I'm like Krista talking about astrology that I'm choosing to call up and out because if we want this industry to lead with integrity, to be sustainable, we need to cultivate and do these practices sustainably. We need to do it with intention. We need to do it with integrity. We need to do it with love. And I know this is something Chris is passionate about as well. This is something I'm passionate about too. And it's something I've been more discerning on the people I bring on this podcast as well. Yeah. 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 I, I feel it's important to continue to, it's a fine line and it's a very nuanced conversation because Again, I'm not here to cancel or judge or condemn or criticize, but if we don't name what is wrong, we can't change it or fix it. And I'm pretty new to the industry itself, and it is just that. It's an industry. And because I'm here and because I was called into this space to be a mentor, I don't really call myself a coach, but to be a mentor, it's now my business. It's now my business because other people are representative of what it is that we do, right? And on one hand, it's really powerful to stay in your own lane and to not pay attention to what other people are doing that doesn't feel in alignment. And on the other hand, it's also important when we see that harm is being caused, that someone stands up and says, wait a second, where's the access codes for you to be showing up in that way or charging that price or what does that look like for you? And we, we don't know another person's story. Right. Um, and I do believe that people go through these things and there's valuable lessons to learn. So I think what's more important is the preventative nature as well, which is before you sign on for something, you check in with your heart. Is there a scarcity coming forward? That's like, I need this program because I, I need to have a six K month and they just announced it and now I need it right? Is that a scarcity? Because that program is really tricky to navigate and it can feel like, oh, I'm a, I'm a full-bodied fuck yes. But really what, like I talked about before, what's running the show is the, the dominance of the sympathetic nervous system. And until we've looked at those pieces, and this is why I'm grateful for Kundalini yoga, because I got to look at a lot of that. And I got to really sit with the uncomfortable energy and learn how to engage my parasympathetic nervous system through breath, right? Through really slowing things down and having that focused awareness at that zero point field. Even Kundalini yoga, it's like 90% true, 10% inversions that run through the space. So we've got to be so discerning and, and the way we're discerning. And it, this seems to be the theme of, of the podcast, which usually there is something that 
you know, comes out is that we've got to be willing to tap into the higher harmonics of the heart. And the only way we do that is through deep self-compassion, deep self-love, deep uh, commitment to resurrecting our divine mother and our divine father, and then also our divine son and our divine daughter. And that we can bring this, this sacred energy forward so that this sisterhood wound isn't what's propelling someone to sign up for a program and then feeling let down or betrayed or the brotherhood wound, right? We've got to step in and do those things for ourselves, or we will find that the way that the holographic reality mirrors back to us, the inversion is to, and which will also keep one trapped in that healing loop, is to perpetuate that sister wound, so that's why the decision beforehand is so vital and important to take that extra time and ask, is this the coach for me? Is this the person for me? That is such an important piece when you're deciding to work with someone. When I am in that person's field, they, how do I feel? And, and here's another piece that most people, there's a caveat to how do I feel. Some people say yes to programs because it's all love and light. And it's like, I feel so good. I'm so drunk. I'm so high off this energy. That can be dangerous because that might mean that that coach is only going to lead you to mammalian dominance. And there's a ceiling there. There's a cap to mammalian. And the other thing that many people don't realize is when people just start living their life only from desire, only from what fulfills them without actually looking at some of the deeper structures in place, they start to actually play around in the, they're in the playground of the energetics that they are trying to liberate people from. They start to dance around and play around with the energetics of the closed system where there's the haves and the haves not have nots, where it's like they're pumping out programs and they're like, everyone should be a coach when not everyone is templated that way. Right? So that's why this is an important piece too, because We've got to be just really honest with ourselves and get to know who we are. And this is, again, why I love astrology, because you can liberate yourself beyond those personality constructs and allow yourself to be like, okay, what is the highest octaves of who I am as a soul, as a monadic being, an oversoul, the fabric where I come from? What is going on in my light body? How can I um, remove anything that is actually facilitating and co-signing the looping of these patterns and these programs again and again, that would have me sign up for a program where I would feel that same mommy, daddy, brother, sisterhood wound all over again as well. So, so I'm all for calling out and naming the poison. And I'm also a self-sustaining sovereign responsible being that knows that it's in my it's in my best interest to look at why I said yes to something. You know, I said yes to a, a container this year with a self-made millionaire. It's very excited about that. I have a really big vision. It's going to require resources, you know, and I've been able to generate more wealth in, in, the, in 2020. And even this year, I'm on track similar, maybe even, you know, larger than that. And still, we have to be willing to look at the way that, that wealth operates and the way that we operate with wealth, because in an open system, it's actually really helping people find that for themselves. And in a closed system, there's really only a handful of people that are benefiting from that. So we've got to check in with our bodies. We've got to take responsibility because this program I said yes to 
I haven't even watched any, I've watched three videos and I was like, nope, she's not for me. And, and I, I could have done better at discernment in that moment. And I'm not mad at myself and it's not a waste of money. In fact, that was just a really expensive mistake. And now I'm more discerning because of that. And I can really check in with that and be like, okay, yeah, that was a no. And it's my job to really lean into that more. So that's something I would really recommend for people is being very, very, when you're sitting with hitting a purchase on something, just sit with your heart for a minute. And it's like, what does this feel like? What is, what is my holy yes? Like, what is that? Because to loop it back around, this thought wasn't, I didn't complete this thought. Sometimes the best mentors are not the ones who make you feel good all the time. Often that's not the case. I've probably said a couple of things already where people are like, oh, turning off the recording. That's not for me, right? It, it's designed to activate people. To start conversation. Exactly. We're just here to have conversations. I'm not claiming to know everything we all hold a very specific puzzle piece. And the more that we can openly share, which apparently in 2020 and 2021 is not allowed, the more that, because everything's being, all content is being fact-checked, right? We're not allowed to have these conversations. Since when is that a thing, right? Most people didn't even know. If you look at the fine print of most of your email servers or um, social media platforms of their terms and agreement, you're pretty much constricted to say what they want you to say. And if anything goes outside of that, you'll be blocked, shadow banned, maybe even completely eradicated and deleted as a whole. Yep. And that's why I've been pumped about building platforms that aren't on the major social media platforms for people so that they can still be in their sovereign truth and in their sovereign embodiment. And I think that's where like successful businesses will lean more towards. It's like what people are coming to you because of your truth, like what you're here, they want to learn more from you. And I know Chris and I, we can talk all day. This is literally like a phone call conversation that we have. These are like the depths of our conversations. <laughs> so to wrap up, I do want to ask a few quick lightning round questions. What does sovereignty mean to you? Full embodiment of heart resonance. Mm. What would you say to younger Krista? It's all going exactly as your highest self intends. Relax. Mm. What book would you say is the book that really like brought major revolutions and major shifts to your life? I would say... The biology of belief. I, I'm not a huge book reader now because of, there's a lot of indoctrination that's also present, but that book I actually just re-picked up again because it's how we can shift our DNA. It's how we can shift our, our genomes. And I, I really love that. So The Biology mm. of Belief by Dr. Bruce Lipton. Love that. What? Uh, where can we hear more from you? My main platform that I utilize the most is IG, love it or hate it. That's, that's my main platform. I have started also a small Facebook community as a way to just have a private space with less people that's more condensed. Um, but yeah, IG is the number one place that people can find me or on the website. I run 
guardianship classrooms every single month where people can dive into some of this astrological wisdom. We do activations, quantum activations, as well as discourse to really deep dive into what each of these constellations, zodiac, archetypal energies are showing us and teaching us in the highest octaves. Um, I also have registration is open for a golden age level one astrology, which is my baby. And that is a program that is going to be a live first call. And then it's pre-recorded. You have a year with the content and we do a closing call a month later. So I'm really, really stoked about that program. And that'll close June 18th is when that program closes. And then I'll open it again, probably in the fall. And then I have a masterclass that's coming that's called Solar Codes, which I'm really excited about. And Solar Codes is a paid masterclass that's going to really deep dive into wide awake wealth and what lights our soul up and how we can exist in the world from that place. And it does require burning some of the old shit down. So we're going to talk about the fire and the activation, which I'm coded for, <laughs> absolutely coded for. So I'm very, very excited about that. Amazing. And all of those links will be in the show notes if you want to check that out. And what little last nugget of wisdom do you want to share? Keep going. That's it. Well, thank you for being the absolute best. Thank you for being here. I'm really pumped. I get to uh, chat with you and go deep with you right before my birthday as we record this. And yeah, go through my own solar return. But more than that, I'm just like so proud of you and so honored to have witnessed your journey over the last five years that we've been friends and just seeing the evolution of you and your medicine and your devotion of anchoring in the true codes and what it means to be a golden age leader. And I love you to pieces and everyone knows I always talk about Krista. So this is my mission partner and my ride or fly. Like this, this woman is my, my everything. I love her so much. And I just knew that I wanted to share this conversation with you all because we've got to go there. Sometimes it can be uncomfortable, but we're doing this from the purest intention of love. And there may have been some triggers from this conversation, but go in and ask yourself, why is this triggering you? Why is this bothering you? Why is this pissing you off? Is it because your brain is in control? Because your brain doesn't like change? It likes to be in its comfort zone? But listen to what your heart really has to say. Tune in to what it's telling you. And make sure you go check out Chris on Instagram at Chalice Grove. And uh, let us know what you thought of this conversation. I love you. Thank you so much for spending your evening with me and for going there with me. And thanks everyone for tuning in. Chris and I, we have your back and we love you and we'll see you soon. Thanks so much for tuning into this powerful episode of the Sovereign Society podcast. To keep this conversation flowing, I invite you to join us over at the Sovereign Society private Facebook group and to follow us over at Sovereign Society podcast on Instagram. If you want to keep up with me, subscribe to my YouTube channel where you can watch these episodes and so much more. I welcome you to come on over and say hey on Instagram at Sabrina Riccio. And if you love these conversations, please support the podcast by subscribing and leaving a rating and review on iTunes. 
To share the love, all you got to do is search Sovereign Society Podcast. And of course, if you're ready for more, stay tuned for next week because we've got a whole new episode coming your way. Take care. Satnam. Satnam.